And welcome to the HalfQuarter.com Power Hour. I'm Mitch Pomp, co-host Dan Ford. How we doing, Dan? Restful. Restful. I am uh, I'm very tired. This, this is the least I've worked on a weekend in since like the 4th. Mm. This is the most rest I've gotten. I've got no rest from working. So uh, that's where I am. You know, I didn't. I, all I had, I, you know, I did one inspection yesterday for the day job, and then I didn't. You know, instead of like going out or going on vacation someplace, or I just stayed at home and watched football. And then <laughs> Sunday, I just laid in bed all day. The dream. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling relaxed. You did watch so, all the exciting NFL action today. No, I, I I I'm relaxed. I'm, you missed. I'm re- you missed. Fresh. You kind of missed Kyler Murray being good. Oh, that finally happened, huh? I mean, he he had a drive and he's really fast. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of came back down to earth. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, he, I already know, threw for like eighteen touchdowns. Yeah, no, well, he's playing the Falcons, so it's probably nothing to well, write home about. Do it. That'll do it. Playing that Dan Quinn defense. Mm-hmm. The the dumbest defense in all of football. Dumber than uh, dumber than Florida's defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The king the king of the emotional blitz. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Hall of Banner Society likes to call it. Like just tears rolling down your face, screaming in anger. Blitz. Um well, let's jump into that game. That was the big game this week. Um, that game with all defense. Yeah, like every, many... now and again, every now and again, a Todd Grantham defense works. Um, you know, but as Georgia fans can attest, it, it often blows up in your face, too. Yeah. But not this week. No. Uh, Especially, uh, this was, this, I felt like this was the week we kind of started to see that Patrick Nix is not, he may not, he may not have, he may not be ready for prime time. Sir, I mean, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Patrick Nix's son, Bo. He's his son. I don't know if you knew that. No one's talked about it during the games. See, that's why I got confused about his name, because they cut to Patrick Nix on the sidelines, so many, or on the, in the stands so many times, to go, hey, Bo, Bo Nix, he, you know, he's this, Patrick Nix's brother. This is, this is a theme with Auburn quarterbacks, where like there's one unique detail, and you hear it in every game. Like last year, it was Jared Stidham's from Texas. Uh, Nick Marshall, Nick Marshall. Used to he play used to be a defensive back. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Newton. He got paid a lot of money to come here. Yeah. <laughs> we heard that every week. Yes. Um, to the point to the point where it was like I just want him to win the title and for this to be over, so I don't uh, have to hear about this every week. Sean White. He's white, and his last name's White. Isn't that wild? Uh, memorialized as White Sean. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, offense didn't look great. Maybe the Florida defense is good. It's probably not bad. Florida's defense is one of those things where you have to have a. If you have a really good quarterback, they're fucked. Yeah. If you don't have a really good quarterback, you're in some deep, deep shit because they're yeah. going to blitz you a lot. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're like a 19 year old kid. Yeah. If you're if you're like starting a freshman. And he's not totally sure of what he's doing all the time. 
and you're not able to get much of a running game going, you're in trouble. You're yeah. in some real bad trouble. So against we'll Florida. see. Uh, not sure yeah, that's going to work again. Yeah, I'm not sure Florida's going to be able to do that against Joe Burrow yeah. or, you know. Or even uh, from. You know, probably not from. Uh, definitely not Tua if they got that far and they made the, yeah. you know, they made the, the, the conference championship. Yeah. But against uh, you know against Bo Nix, he got he got what it takes to to beat that defense. No, that not yet. Defense. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Not yet. Um, yeah, I was, that was kind of my. I didn't see all the game, but my takeaway was like, I think after the first two series in that game, I think Florida you know threw a touchdown early. Auburn went three and out, and I just remember thinking, oh, well, Florida's probably going to win this. Gus I is had safe. a chance to take it back, but Gus is safe, right? I mean, this week you got to <laughs> see how this month goes. Because I mean, if you lose like Arkansas or something dumb or Ole Miss, I mean, you got LSU in there, I think, in October. Um, maybe that's early November. Then maybe be mad if he loses to LSU. I mean, let's probably not. Go, let's say they go eight and four and they lose to Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. People would be else. happy. I think it's just, but but Bo looks good in one of those games. Yeah, it gives you kind of. Let's say he year. looks good against Bama. I mean, because like, Bama's secondary kind of isn't good. Yeah, and plus, like LSU hasn't exactly looked like amazing on defense. They haven't yeah. looked like standard LSU. Uh, but like, if they lose to like Arkansas or Ole Miss or something stupid, well, now, yeah, like now, last you're year? T- now you're looking at like seven and five. Yeah. That's not great. That's not. No. But I mean, I don't know who I should get. Who do they need to beat for him to definitely be safe? Like, Alabama, is LSU enough? Is LSU enough? Maybe, but I mean, I can say right now, you you could go seven and four or five, beat Alabama. You're probably safe. That's kind of how that works there. Has Auburn ever fired a coach the year after he beat Alabama? I don't think so. Have they ever fired a coach the year the year after he beat Georgia? Prob there's probably one in there. Well, Terry Bowden, but that's different. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think so. Auburn kind of also doesn't fire their coach as much as people think. Yeah, they just talk about firing. They just talk, and they never. It's just a guy like, oh, I'm gonna leave my wife, and it's like, okay, you talked about getting divorced for thirty years, but you have two wives. <laughs> Like you're pretty faithful. <laughs> you're just not and happy. The, and the fir- and the first one wasn't even divorced. She died in a plane crash. Like, yeah. like, she, like she did. Like you talked about her all the time, but you didn't even leave her. Like, what, what are you doing? That's, like, uh, and that's that's Gene Uh Because it's like the last coach they fired was Chizik who fucking sucked. Like, yeah, and Chizik was one of those guys that when they hired him, everybody knew. That wasn't yeah. gonna last. Then you get Cam Newton, and it's any coach probably could have done that. And they're right because, like, they hired Gus Malzahn, and they immediately got better. Like, yeah, for all the talk that Gus didn't win, a, hasn't won a championship, but Chizik did. I mean, Gus has never had a Come year on. as bad as, what, as the what year do you, Chizik had. Yeah, pre-Gus. I mean, the guy with Chizik went over in the SEC at Auburn, at least a four-star program. Yeah, when you're getting beat by Mississippi State and oh, Arkansas was, like, was good then, weren't they? Was that during the? I think that's, that's the tail end of Arkansas. Katrina? Yeah, 
Because Arkansas was good right up until they fired Katrina. Yeah. No, if you, who would who who would Auburn hire? Do you think? Let's say they go yeah, seven there's not, five. There's not really a big slam dunk coach out there. Um, yeah. I mean, Bill Clark would get a look. I would think. Cliff Kingsbury just comes back. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury just keeps getting jobs. Yeah. With no results whatsoever. Uh, um, Matt Rule. Speaking of a guy currently coaching in the state of Texas. Yeah. He's doing it. What he's doing at Baylor is pretty fucking impressive. Now, I don't think he's necessarily a guy who's all that excited about being in the SEC. You know, I think Matt Rule's really looking for that Penn State job to come open. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there's so many people talking about James Franklin to USC that, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of smoke there. Basically, everybody is saying that's USC's number one target. What, what if Auburn... Hmm, who's the dumbest hire? The worst hire they could make. Mark Rick. Derek Dooley. Ooh. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> the worst hire they could make is probably Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. This, it, it, things aren't really going hot at F. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like uh, Kendall Bryles was... Uh, Once Kendall Bryles left, that was the end of that. Yeah. Plus his brother left as defensive coordinator. Yeah, Kendall Bryles and his brother as coordinators his first year there, and that was the year they had a good season. And then after that... Uh, Speaking of the SEC and coaches being fired, how long till we get Coach Philip Fulmer back? You think December? (laughs) See, I think the biggest thing holding that back is that the team sucks too much for Fulmer to want it. Yeah. Because it's like, do you really want to go out as like a legend, you know, in, especially in Phil Fulmer's opinion of himself? He's, mm. I'm one of the greatest coaches in the history of sport. You really want to go out coaching a 3-9 and nine team? Because that's yeah. what they're probably going to do. Um, I'm, I think the, the hey, Phil Fulmer's going to finagle his way back into the coaching box. I'm less concerned about that so much as if I, I mean, Phil Fulmer has definitely always shown he ain't exactly super loyal to anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I wouldn't, if I'm, you know, if I'm the coach there at Tennessee, I'm not going, oh, man, but Fulmer says he's got my back. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people thought Fulmer had their back, and then, you know, they turned around and there was a knife sticking out of it. Yeah. Um, a big, chubby, fat guy running the other way. Yeah. Not not the crazy sweep for college football here, but who, who else is legit on the hot seat? So I would say if you're doing a hot seat, a hot seat watch, Obviously, uh, let's start from like the most obvious uh, USF. Yeah, you know Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong this week. You know they were playing UConn, and that was the thing where if they didn't beat UConn, he probably got fired on the tarmac. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's one of those like UConn has been the worst team in. Um, you know they've been probably bottom five in FBS the last year and a half. Yeah. Uh, the only team that you can definitely say is worse than them is maybe like UMass and Akron, you know. So like Kent State. Yeah, if you don't beat them, you're in trouble. You know, like basically you're not making it. But even then, even with that win, there's still this. You know, the stink of death is swirling around that program. You know what? Did, I want to say what happened to the MAC? Uh, too much brain drain, I would say. You know, they lost too many coaches uh-huh. too quickly. And that's a league that rises and falls based on, you know, okay, 
how much coaching continuity do you have? Yeah. Like, well, are, you in, how are many... you in year three of a good coach who's, you know, recruited a pretty good quarterback? Well, And how many other programs started going, hey, let's get some of these guys? With the yeah, I, th- I, I think every team, like, especially in the Big Ten, the ACC kind of figured well, out. I think it's Cincinnati. Yeah, Probably. well, so, yeah, Cincinnati, um, they, they've hired a couple of guys from the MAC in the past, although, yeah. you know, their current coach they got, they got from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I just mean talent, like. Oh, maybe they go like, ahead. Yeah, pulling talent. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about the MAC is that they met, they they're recruiting. If you look at the recruiting, all the schools are pretty much recruiting the same. Like even the ones that are kind of good. It's really just a matter of which programs have had the same coach there long enough so that he knows where he can find that diamond in the rough. Because yeah. you're not getting anything above a two star to come to a MAC school. Yeah, but it just seems like you know previously what uh, you had like Byron Leftwich in the MAC. Uh, not Byron Leftwich. You had a uh, who's? Oh, it was Byron Leftwich. Yeah, ben but that was a little bit different because Marshall had Marshall had won so many national championships at the FCS level that when they moved up, they still had like a recruiting brand. Yeah. Plus, the coach, like Roethlisberger. You know, Roethlisberger uh, came from the Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's more. They put out a bunch of like small, shifty running backs. Yeah. Um, but the talent level there is never, I mean, it's always like guys who, you know, you look at them and you go, Hmm, are, are we sure this guy can play? Like that, that's what you have to live on. But if you, the guy, if you've got a coach who's in there long enough, he figures out where he can go and what and he makes high school relationships where he can get in on a kid early, you know, maybe before everybody else starts talking to him. Um, that's what you need. And, it's just the Max lost too much coaching all at once, I would say. And so everybody's just kind of struggling. But, I mean, it looks like every team in the Mac East is going to finish with below 500. I mean, that's the pace they're on. What, what a same. sad little Caesars Bowl. Yeah, I mean, basically, if Toledo or Eastern Michigan don't win this league, like, I don't know, something terrible is happening. Just shut it. You know, I think this podcast needs to start a mission just to shut the whole Mac down. Let's send the Mac back down. Look... I mean, I'm not. When you look at the teams, the MAC has more teams than any other conference that absolutely, positively do not should not be in FBS football. Yeah, like the MAC has like at least six teams who have to have their, you know, whether it's Pepsi or Coke, whichever company like uh, pays them a check to be the official vending machine on campus. Every other year, you know, the NCAA has a rule that you have to average at least 10,000 tickets sold per every two-year period in order to stay in the FBS. So what a bunch of teams in the MAC do is they'll have either Pepsi or Coca-Cola, depending on who, who they have a contract with, just buy up masses of tickets. And they just take it out of the money that Pepsi and Coke owe them for that year for having the vending machines on campus. And then that gets them above the threshold. To you know, to 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 stay in FBS, and then Pepsi just has to give away a bunch of tickets to people, you know, who like delivery men or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want some free tickets? No, I guess we'll just eat them. I mean, they just took it out of what we owed them, so who cares? Yeah. When um, you're having to do that, it it def. I mean, to me, you should stand up and go, "Why are we still in FBS? Why not just move down to FCS where maybe we could compete for a national championship?" 
and have a full stadium of people coming to see us like North Dakota State has. Yeah, and you can still keep basketball at D1, right? So like, yeah, you're still playing. Like, you're still able to make the NCAA tournament. Because that feels like the big thing for a Mac. Like, you just want to have. Like, you think the Mac would focus more on basketball? Well, I mean, the 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 biggest issue they have there is that a lot of the elite basketball talent in the Midwest comes out of uh, Catholic schools in Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. And so those Catholic uh, private schools, uh, colleges have an inroad on a lot of those kids that they don't, you know. Uh, like, do you want to go probably. play for Eastern Michigan or do you want to play for Marquette? Can we talk? Did you see this throw? We're recording this on Sunday. This throw that Mahomes just made. Yeah, running away from, you know. Running away. Against his body. Into a perfect strike. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Pat Mahomes, like, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure someone's probably said this, but he's like the Steph Curry of football. Yeah. Where it's like he does things that are so fundamentally wrong, but they work, and he does them in, like, this effortless way that, like, how do you defend it? Yeah, I'll just, like, he's just, he's like, good Brett Favre. Everything that a defense, like, everything that is a defensive coordinator you, you learn, like, okay, let's force a quarterback, especially at the NFL level, where it's less yeah. like, hey, let's just completely shut them down. Because you're never going to be able to do that in the NFL. Yeah. And nobody ever expects to. But what they try to do is to force you into awkward throws, force you into having to do things that aren't natural. They yeah. want to take away what's easy from you and make you do the hard stuff. When you got somebody who does the hard stuff better than he even does the easy stuff, it just kind of warps the way an NFL defense and the way an NFL coordinator thinks about how to put together a defense. It just warps it warps the game in the same way that Steph Curry taking like a pull-up 40-foot three-pointer and sinking 50% of them just kind of warps the way a basketball team thinks about how to do defense. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, we just did a thing that you're about to see okay. that is insane. A little third and long? Yeah, you're about to see okay, something. It's, it's coming up. This is great audio. Oh, I'm excited. But, like, this is what the NFL needed, man. Patrick Mahomes came at the right time. This is on third and 18. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> is that a touchdown? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Who could throw yeah. on the run like that? Y'all, uh, oh if, if y'all have a chance to watch that clip from that game, it was you'll see it. 14 minutes and eight seconds in the in the second quarter. He runs away from a guy. <laughs> Most quarterbacks just tuck and run there. He throws a like a pretty good strike. Turns his shoulders back against the you know. I mean that was like a straight on like Fran Tarkington move from like the 70s. Jesus Christ! And then he throws a Brett Favre throw. Strike. Oh, my Lord. No wonder Chiefs fans are so annoying about this guy. Um, let's stay off college again for a second because I want to get up to this day. You been watching any playoff baseball? Back. No, tell me all about it. Tell me all about it. Uh, well, they play loud. It's a new campaign. What does that mean? It means we, we flip the bat and we have a bunch of Hispanic guys who don't speak English. And they're very cocky. We play Please loud. Millennials watch watch baseball again. Yes. Uh, We've done focus group testing, and, and it sh- and it shows that people uh, want to see more excitement. Yeah. And our Braves uh, just want a, a comeback game 
to take the series lead 2-1 against the hated Cardinals. Um, and maybe one of the quickest playoff baseball games of all time. I think the game started at 4 and it at 7. Oh, man, now I wish I'd have watched that. Because that's what baseball that's what baseball actually needs. Three-hour ball games. Yeah. And then uh, it's just when you have great pitching, it's wild what happens. The Braves come back in the top of the night. I did see where some pitcher for the Cardinals got pissed off that a guy from the Braves rounded the bases. No, it's Acuna. Everyone gets mad at Acuna. Yeah. The Braves piss off a lot of people because they celebrate home runs. Which is not the Braves we grew up with. No, it is not. Like, they got this guy Donaldson. He's called, like, Bringer of Rain. So if he hits a home run, he does a little trot where it looks like he's holding an umbrella. And then he'll get in the dugout and they'll hand him an umbrella. That's pretty a good. big old Braves logo on it, which is smart. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And then uh, the Braves are also big on the gum showers. So if you hit a home run, they'll take a bunch of gum and throw it at you like it's confetti. Um, okay, that's so fun baseball. This Braves team, this is probably the most fun I've had watching baseball. Man, and they, they come back. The world, they picked the worst time to move to Cobb then. Yeah. I feel like if they were still at Turner – this would be embraced in a way that it probably isn't. It, no, it, it is a cop. No, the people who go love it. I saw nothing but Acuna jerseys when I went to the game Friday night. That's cool. Yeah. And, like, in the Chop House, which is, like, the kind of the general mission area there, like, they've got a guy emceeing over the game. It's one of the bartenders has a microphone, and he's, like, hyping you up the whole time. Um, it's a lot of fun. I do still wish it was at the TED because it's just easier to get there. But yeah, when I when I was in Cobb County two weeks ago, uh, I mean there was a lot of people. Yeah, yeah you should go to, next time you're in town. Go by the battery. That's like the little area outside the stadium. They've got like restaurants and bars. It's kind of fun. You can go to the Garden and Gun Club restaurant. The what? You ever heard of Garden and Gun, the magazine? No. <laughs> it's like a southern magazine. And now they have a restaurant. <laughs> and apparently so, it's delicious. Do they have a shooting range inside? I don't think so. I think it's just southern food. I don't think they allow any guns. That's a, well, I wouldn't necessarily let you bring your own in, but I would have a shooting range. Shooting range? Like, um, there's a there's a restaurant in Raleigh that's just opened up where it's like a driving range and a restaurant. That feels sure. very Georgia to me. Like, like a Top Golf? Um, I'm not sure. But it's like... You you hit into like one of those um one of those mats with the computers all set up yeah so kind of, so you know you're not you're not actually having to hit it 200, 300 yards but it tells you yeah. how hard you hit it yeah top golf but mostly top golf is like having a real driving range and then like a pretty expensive bar restaurant around you yeah I don't think that I think this is in the middle of Raleigh so I don't think they've okay. got that okay you should check out a top golf it's it's I don't really like golf, but it's pretty fun. Because they have, like, games where, like, the computer tracks where you're hitting and shit. So, like, it's it's fun. You just go there to work on your swing. Yeah. My, last time I went, I whiffed. I whiffed. And all my friends were trying to teach me how to swing properly. And I'm like, I... I was like, listen, guys. If I'm golfing, I'm quitting after three holes and just shrieking. I just want to enjoy the outside. I, I just feel like there's a... If there's anything that will get like a bunch of dudes in Georgia, like wanting to fix something, it's it's uh, it's some seeing somebody with a bad golf swing. 
It's like, yeah. no, no, dude, let me fix that. Let me, oh, come on, brother, I can yeah. help you. And oddly enough, this was actually in Tampa. Like two years. <laughs> like t- everybody in suburban Georgia and Tampa is a former golf yeah. pro. Dude, every every single one of my friends is always golf, golf, golf. And I'm just like, why can't we just? Why can't we do some re- Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something? And they're all and they all they're all named Aaron, but it's never mm. spelled the same. Yeah, and then and then you go with them to maybe like a golf tournament, and they just talk about their lawn the whole time. Which really happened to a friend of mine who went to a golf tournament with their friend group. And I was like, see, I bet they'll just talk about lawn care and grills the whole time. And he's like, by God, you were right. <laughs> that's all they talked about. And I was like, yep, that's what you got to expect when you get married there, homie. Ain't really out so much going on. Well, that's really kids. just, that is, that is Georgia politeness. Because they're basically like, these are the only two things we can talk about that is not that is not going to lead into a segue about my Neil Bortz ass political opinions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm just saving you from having yeah. to hear me explain the fair tax to you. Yes. Well, I, you know, it's, my friend group's a decently progressive. I'd say half and half. You don't get a lot with the group of white guys, plus two minorities. Not to brag. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, Neil Borch used to have a black producer, so I mean... There you go. Jackie. The one... Oh, that's, that's Howard Stern. The, who's the... No, Jackie was the... John Boy and Billy. I thought Jackie was the one from Howard Stern. No, Robin is Howard Stern. Robin is Howard Stern. Yes. It's hard to keep track of who is the token person who allows <laughs> them to make black jokes yes. on all of these shows. Um... Get back, uh, let's transition back to college. Uh, what else big happened Saturday? How about this? I got a guy on the hot seat. I'm going to steal this from you. Well, Chris Peterson. Well. So is he getting a little warm at least? I don't know if it's warm so much as it's starting to feel like Groundhog Day a little bit. Or like, um, or you know how, uh, or like where Jim Harbaugh was last year. It was like, now there's, I, I, I've always been the one who tell, told you, like, whenever you would try to get Jim Harbaugh fired, I'd be like, brother, he's not even close. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh's still not getting fired, but there's definitely now starting to be actual Michigan fans who won. Yeah. It's just none of the people who are, like, decision makers at Michigan are anywhere close to it. But there are fans now who actually want to see Jim Harbaugh be gone. Yeah. Washington is, like, a, a, a half a year away from that, where it's like, you can definitely look and see at Washington where it's, you know, I think I compared him to, um, to you know, Jim Harbaugh and, and your boy Gus Malzahn, of guys mm. who have a reputation for being offensive geniuses who haven't had a great offense in a pretty good long while. Yeah. And, you know, look, Eason is a, is a seductive player. He... he he got recruited by Georgia for a reason, but Georgia moved away from him for a reason. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, like Georgia figured out, and and they didn't take that long to figure out that you know, Prom was the better choice, even though Prom was a three star. Yeah. How much do you think that's because Prom played big time high school football, and Easton didn't? I think that's got a lot to do with it because Eason's biggest issues is that he doesn't read coverage well. Yeah. But if you're playing low-level competition, one, their coverages aren't very difficult. And they're not fast. 
They're not fast, and all you see is that amazing arm. Yeah. Like, when all you see is, oh, my God, this guy can just throw the ball through a, you know. Yeah. He can just throw the ball through the barn. Like, not all, like maybe he's not hitting the bullseye on the barn door, but he's throwing it through the barn wall. So, yeah. Jesus. And you get seduced by that. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much more we need to see of him before we just go, this kid's not very good. Yeah. You know, I, I put him in sort of the same category of Harbaugh for the same reason, where it's like Michigan is playing Shea Patterson still, who is a, also a former five-star, as Easton was. But, um, you know, he, he's not played very well. So it's yeah. like, at what point do you sort of, at what point do you just sort of go, you know what, it doesn't really matter that he was a five-star. Like, obviously, you always want to give a five-star a second chance. But when you look at Easton and you look at Shea Patterson, they're already on their second chance. They both transferred from places where they were losing the starting job. Yeah. So at what point do you just sort of look up and go, you know what, we haven't, you know, we, 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 we need a better choice here. We need to go in a different direction as far as quarterback goes. And then if the, if the alternative to that is true, that you don't have anybody better than him, what does that say about the guru? And that's where I am with Chris Peterson, where it's like you're in the worst conference in the Power Five. You made, you know, you made the playoff once, and that's, that's really good. But you did get boat, you know, you got boat race. So it didn't go well, but hey, you made it. You did make it. But, you know, you've lost two games by October in year one and year two since then. So at what point do we look up and say, maybe this isn't working. Maybe you just kind of had a lucky season that year. And you need to, like, some, something about your offense that, yes, used to be one of the best offenses in college football when you were at Boise. But that was so long ago that your quarterback that broke all those records with you is now coaching in the NFL. So it's yeah. been a while. Um. um Maybe maybe you need to look in a different direction with the way you you do your offense. Maybe you need to modernize. Maybe you need to bring in a new coordinator. Maybe, maybe you know, all this Boise State stuff just doesn't work in 2019. And, you know, that kind of leads me into Jim Harbaugh because, um, you know, they played Iowa, and it was 10-3. to 3. So that tells you how good Jim Harbaugh's offense played this week, huh? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it feels like this is the end point for Jim Harbaugh, for Michigan and Shea Patterson. And if it isn't, then I don't know what it's going to take. Where, where does Harbaugh go next? I think you've just got to play McCaffrey when he comes back from a concussion or, or play Joe Milton and then see what you got with those two. No, no, no. What If Harbaugh's fired... Well, he's not getting fired this year. Like, that is for sure not happening. Yeah. Like, unless they had, like, NCAA stuff come down on them. Yeah. They are 100% not, not firing them. But, you know, there is the question of, what does he do after this? I feel like he probably goes into television. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like part of the issue Michigan has is that Harbaugh does not have the same drive that he had a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like he's not as invested um, 
you know, there's been a lot made of the fact that he's not nearly as emotional on the sideline as he used to be. I think that is a symptom. Um, I think he's a, I think he maybe wishes he had never left the state of California. Because it's like one thing, yeah, you grew up there. Yeah, it was home for a long time, but there's also, like, they, a lot of people have that, that saying exists for a reason, you can't go, you can never go home again. Yeah. Like, I think when winter comes and there's 17-inch snows and you're going, man, it was pretty nice living in California. And your wife, who grew up in California, is going, man, I kind of miss not being in Cal, you know, I kind of miss being in California, you know, and I just think there's parts of this where he just kind of regrets doing this and it was a weird move i mean how often do you see an nfl coach even go to college yeah who has nfl like pete carroll didn't have any offers after the new england thing you know i mean we see that like guys who coached in the nfl chip kelly would not be at ucla if any nfl team had wanted him but no nfl team did um for a guy who had a lot of NFL offers to turn them down, you know, that's that's not normal. That doesn't happen. So it just sort of leaves you coming back and going, maybe Jim kind of regrets what he's what he the decisions he made, because he doesn't seem as into it as he used to be. And then, you know, hey, there's people who've made the suggestion that he you know, he's a fifty five year old former NFL quarterback. Go talk to a lot of 55-year-old former NFL quarterbacks and see, you know, I mean, there are a lot of them with CTE. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a reality. Um, I want to move on, though, okay. to uh, picks for next week. Cool. Uh, let's start, oh, I believe this is Thursday. Miami favored by one versus Virginia. Yeah, I got a one-and-a-half spread uh, over here. Um, I mean, if you don't pick Virginia, you're kind of crazy, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just should Miami get something together going forward? Like, do I think they're going to end up three and nine? I, I kind of don't think that's possible for a Miami team, considering that even when they're – like, even when they don't have good Miami talent, they've still got more talent than most of the ACC. But I don't – I mean, how are they going to beat Virginia? And at this point in the year, we, we've hit the point where Miami's played enough games where when Miami is 5-0 and or 6-0, and their home stadium is like the old Orange Bowl, where it's like they've got a real home field advantage. But when you're Miami and, you know, you don't have, like, a dedicated alumni base, you've basically got, like, the casual Miami sports fans in the town. So when you get off to a 2-3 and three start, those people ain't buying tickets for your home games the rest of the year. They're not showing up. They're not going to have this big home field advantage over Virginia. So, I mean, I don't even know what, you know, I don't know why they're favored. This is this is kind of a crazy line to me. Yeah. This feels like easy money. What, how, about, how about this one? Colorado, Oregon. Oregon favored by 22. I, I, I'm taking Colorado because I haven't seen Oregon do anything that makes me think they can cover that kind of spread. Yeah. I mean, th- are we sure Mario Cristobal can coach? Yeah, because because at Florida International, you obviously you have the you have the out that yeah he didn't have a winning record there, but what the fuck is possible? I mean, he literally didn't even have a locker room. Like they were having yeah. to use the school's gym 
to tra- you know to change clothes before games. So like what you know, it's kind of hard to judge anything off of that. And you know, I mean, I think Butch Davis maybe this year might pass him in wins, but it's taken him three years, and you know, um, but at the end of the day, Cristobal didn't get this job because of Florida International, right? Because that yeah. wasn't that wasn't very successful. He got this job because, well, for one, he got the job because he was there and they were recruiting well <laughs> with him as an yeah. assistant coach. But he, you know, they brought him to. You know, uh, he came along with Taggart because he had that experience with Nick Saban coaching Alabama's offensive lines. And when Willie Taggart left after one year to go to Florida State, Oregon wanted to keep him because they saw him as like a big time potential coach. But where are the results with him? And is he, does the offense that Mario Cristobal want to run, is it something you can actually recruit at Oregon? Because he wants to be big, physical, burly man ball out of the pistol. Can you really recruit that to Oregon? Because yeah. Oregon's never recruited that way before. I don't know. I'm not sure about any of this. I'm not. I'm not totally sold on what on what he's trying to do there, and it doesn't seem like it's working all that well. So, you know, because Oregon should be every team in the Pac-12 by 20 points. They ain't been doing that. Yeah. Uh, how, how about this? Michigan, Illinois. Michigan minus 10. Okay, so one of the best bets you can make in college football is betting against Michigan to cover spreads, but Illinois is fucking awful. Yeah. And we do know from the Rutgers game that when Michigan plays somebody who's fucking awful, they can cover the spread. Yeah. So I will take Michigan there under the uh, Rutgers rule. Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma by 10.5. That's too much. I mean, that's just I'm, too much. What about over-under 75? Okay, give me the over. That's what I want. Texas is spirit. But, you know, they're definitely not going to be able to... Uh, they're definitely not... Their defense is just not good enough. Uh, Georgia minus 24, hosting South Carolina. I'm going to regretfully take Georgia there. And that's because I kind of think... South Carolina is like stick a fork in them. Yeah, stink. Gosh, not the greatest week. Cincinnati, Houston, Cincinnati minus seven and a half. Big win on Friday for Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, give me give me Cincinnati. I I don't think Houston's really got it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sold on whether Dana's going to work there. I mean, I, I mean, I know why Houston made that move. Dana's the most successful coach they could have possibly hired. But are you getting a little bit of like a Tuberville at Cincinnati or a Tuberville at Texas Tech vibe where you got a guy who was really successful but not top-end successful? Yeah. Like just that one level below that. And then, you know, now he's kind of looking like a little bit of a dinosaur, like – you know, other people have copied what he does and are doing it maybe a little bit better than he does. And, you know, you're just sort of stuck with this guy who's a little bit past his prime. Oh. Notre Dame. He kind of doesn't have the drive he used to have either because he's got a kind of a big contract. This is a bigger rivalry weekend than I thought. Uh, USC at Notre Dame, Notre Dame minus 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Notre Dame because, again, 
I just kind of look at USC and I just look at a dead team walking where I just don't I don't buy them against any team that's legit. Penn State two and a half hosting Iowa. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think Iowa's got the offensive. I don't like two if it was bigger. I'd take Iowa. Yeah, that's you know. What is it up with Penn State? Like they feel like the most forgotten, like lack of respect major comp. Like nobody's even really talking about them. Oh, well, this this is the big. They got to uh, kind of be the least talked about team of like any blue blood program. Right? Yeah. Well, this LSU minus thirteen hosting Florida. Thirteen. Yeah. That's stupid. I mean, I love what LSU's been doing. I think they've been having a great season. Joe Burrow's been really fun to watch. But who have they beaten to have that kind of respect? Yeah. I mean, Florida, Florida's, you know, they've got Auburn's, you know, they got Auburn, they've got, you know, that's a legit win. And then you look at what, you know, LSU might beat them, but I can't go that high. Well, LSU beat Texas. Okay. Is Texas better than Auburn? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, to be that kind of spread. Now, if you were telling me you were favoring LSU five and a half, it makes you know, much more sense. Thing. That would be one thing, but double digits? No way. No way. Yeah. No way, no way, no way. I do like LSU to win that one. I like them to win it, but double digits, no way. Yeah, that's kind of it. Because their because their defense just hasn't been that impressive so far, and Florida has shown that Dan Mullen is, you know, Dan Mullen has kind of failed his first recruiting challenges there at Florida. Mm-hmm. His first cup, you know, his first recruiting class was not great. Um, but he's proven that he's still a guy who can make an offense. Yeah, he can MacGyver his way into a really good offense without a whole lot, you know, without a whole lot of pieces. He can still get you an offense, and the way LSU's been playing defensively, I don't, I don't buy they can hold that kind of lead. Here. And uh, that's kind of it. Let's see, let's see what else we got up here. Um, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Wisconsin favorite ten and a half at home. Yeah, give me Wisconsin all day. And see, but it, Michigan State has such a good defense against that kind of offense, especially. Like they, like they, they had a really difficult time dealing with, you know, Ohio State having a running quarterback, but Wisconsin doesn't really have that. You sure ten and a half's not a little bit rich for your blood? No, I'm buying into Wisconsin. Buying, you're buying, you're 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 in on Wisconsin. You're big, you're big believer. I think I, I think I am too. I'll take Wisconsin. Uh, and you are, you also left out the biggest showdown of the week. Oh, what was that? The Wakey Leaks Revenge game. Uh oh. Louisville comes to Wake Forest. Wake Forest uh, five and zero. Oh. The Wakey the the victims of Wakey Leaks having Wakey Leaks having fully defeated their enemies, and now Louisville coming to town in Wake's favorite six and a half. Gosh, give me Wake. I'm taking Scott Satterfield and the Louisville Cardinals. <laughs> I'm doing that. I, be- I I love the way their offense is playing this year. Like they are proving that 100% Scott Satterfield can make an offense. He's another guy who can just MacGyver your way into an offense if you go with him. Yeah. Um, one more on here. 
Nebraska at Wisconsin. Or Nebraska at Minnesota. Minnesota favored seven and a half. Minnesota's favored? Yeah. Minnesota's five and zero. Oh. Give me Minnesota. Why not? Maybe maybe PJ maybe we're rowing the boat. This was Minnesota's first week where they played an opponent and it didn't go to overtime or almost go to overtime. Mm-hmm. They played Illinois this week and were and were able to just pound them into the ground. Every other week, they have barely gotten by, but they have played like every single F team that you're not supposed to play. Like they played San Diego, they played uh, South Dakota State in week one. Like oh god, never play a team from the Dakotas. Uh, they played Georgia Southern. Oh god, never play a triple option team. You know they they played all the teams that you're never supposed to schedule in out of conference. Mm-hmm. And they're four and zero, and then you know they played Illinois and got to five and zero. So we're not totally sure how good they are, you know. Like we're not completely sure, you know. But you know. Yeah, there you go. For that reason, because we're still not the jury's still kind of out on them. I'm taking Scott Frost. Taking Fleck. Maybe the better coach. How dare you? How dare you insult college football royalty? Is next week going to be better than this week? I think so. I mean, I think Florida LSU is going to be, is going to give us another main event type pro. Well, I meant like we we're gonna have we're, we're gonna have Oklahoma and Texas, so we got two main eventers next week. Yeah. And USC Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, well that's that's like watching Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in uh in like two thousand and one. It's like, well, it looks good on a poster, but is anybody buying this? Probably not. Sweet I'll let you decide who's Hulk Hogan and who's Ric Flair in that scenario. It's on week eight. It's something better. There you go. Tennessee, Alabama. Clemson, Louisville. Week eight's even worse. Except for when Tennessee upsets Alabama. Sure. Yeah. Why not? So that's what we'll look forward to next week. Uh, this the shorter, low energy edition of the Power Hour. <laughs> well, I had I've had too much rest. You've had no rest at all. No rest. So I, I've become lethargic. I wanted to bring something up to you before we, mm-hmm. before we close that. Non-sports related. Uh-huh. There's an article today on CNBC.com which said that the reason why the economy is turning sluggish is because, is because millennials are not spending enough money. Yes. Millennials are now making more money. I think you and I are both fit into that. We're yeah. two guys who... Uh, you know, had to scrimp and save to make ends meet, and now maybe don't have to save as much as we used to. Yeah. Um, that people like you and me are saving too much money month to month instead of. Spending I'm not saving any money month. I don't. I don't know who these millennials are. I'm wasted. I'm wasting the whole paycheck every week. <laughs> um, you're not making your. You're not making your 401k contribution. I I downloaded the Digit app, so it takes like a dollar a day. Out of my account, so I to retirement. So you don't have you know, a Roth. You need to get you a Roth. I um I downloaded the Robinhood app. I own uh, some GoPro stock. Yeah, because Google might buy them. 
I got that. Uh, I got that other one. I put twenty dollars in. I think I acorn or whatever. No, it's like Robin Hood, but it was a. It was their first. Oh, okay. It starts with an S. I can't remember what it's called. It's kind of troubling that I gave them access to my bank account because I literally don't even know what they're called now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's our fault. The economy's sluggish. Mm-hmm. Because we're saving. Because we're, being we're saving too much money. We're being responsible. We're, we're, we're save. We save more money than the boomers do. Yes. Did. Which I mean, yeah, the boomers knew they were going to have pensions. They just didn't know they were going to outlive their insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they all thought like every boomer thought they were going to be dead at sixty-eight, and they wouldn't have to be paying for cancer drugs and heart <laughs> medicine. And our generation uh, won't even have pensions, so we're, so it's like, well, every we yeah, have better save. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's our fault. As usual. What the start? What are we going to start getting mad at the Zoomers, Generation Z, instead of us? When they start blaming us for things, I feel like that's when Generation X turned on us. Mm-hmm. When we started blaming them for things too, instead of being like, "Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> we didn't have that great a deal. What the fuck are you yeah. mad at us for?" Oh. <sighs> I feel like when we fall out with the Zoomers, what? Uh, do you have many relationships with the Zoomers at work? I know I hate every young kid now. Okay. Are are they but, are they uh I, I feel like it, what are the things that always make the the more the more recent young generation fall out with the new with the old former young generation? It's almost always something involving sex. Cuz it usually is like the new young generation starts telling members of the previous young generation that they're too old to date them. And that's when all the hell starts breaking. Uh, that's not my issue. It's just like, I don't like kids. I just want, like, responsible employees. That's my... <laughs> I don't want people, like, out getting drunk and missing shifts. Like, I would just rather... Uh, I'd rather just have, like, a bunch of 30-year-old moms or something. Like, just have to have the job. That's what I prefer. You want people who've already done their fucking up elsewhere. Yes. You don't want to be the one where they learn, oh, if I fuck up, I'll get fired. Yeah. And not ones where it's just, it's always something. I'm just bringing in their but problems to work like thing, and all that That feels shit. like a thing that's always true in every generation. Yeah. Or like the younger generation, it's their first time out in, jo- in the job market and they don't quite realize. That it's a that, job, not a that fucking. That it's a job. That, you know, this not, isn't. Not school. You're not in high school, where, like, everybody does the bare minimum at high school. Now you actually, yeah. like, have to, like, this now counts. So I'd say that that's my issue with, with the kids. Well, I mean, it feels like that will get solved. Because that always gets solved. Because, like, you know, you read those articles from back in the 70s of, like, these silent generation people being baffled that these fucking boomers show up to work and aren't even wearing a tie. Yeah. Like, every generation goes through that. But I feel like the things will... It feels like the Zoomers are way more puritanical than we were. And I think the generation... The Boomers all thought that we were too puritanical. Because, like, we don't think it's right to hit on your employees. I just got a text message from my dad that just says, Falcons suck! Exclamation point. We're doing well. The season's going well. 
That's such a dad text. Just like eight hours after the game. Like, Falcons suck. Yeah. They stink. When have y'all ever not, like, when have y'all ever not had a, like, this is, isn't this just the natural order of things for you guys? Well, what, in the Super Bowl year, we were really fucking good. Yeah, but it feels like y'all get, like, one year of that. Of, like, oh, we're actually pretty good, and then you immediately crash back down. No, well, even after the Super Bowl, they went to the playoffs the next year and could have probably gone the, I think they made it the, the second round. There are two years, but we had that with Mike Smith, too. That's the Falcons. You get, you get one year where something really disappointing happens late in the playoffs. And you might make the playoffs the next year, and then everyone just starts getting hurt. I think that happened with Vic. Like, you had that year where you beat Green Bay. That was really cool. Went to the NFC title game. Then Vic, they got hurt or something. It all went downhill. It's what fun. What happened to your defense, though? Why did your defense get so shit? I think Dan Quinn's just not a good defensive schemer. I mean, he was pretty good. Also, those guys can't tackle for four years. They needed to work on tackling, and they can't tackle. He runs these schemes where you have to tackle perfectly, and they don't. And he doesn't change anything up. Like today... It had three corners covering DeAndre Hopkins, and you just left Will Fuller wide open. Who's a touchdown threat? You have three touchdowns. And you have five fucking guys following one receiver. It almost uh, makes me as mad as that. Remember that big play that Florida ran? Yeah. Against Auburn? The, you, you see where Auburn didn't realize one of those receivers was ineligible, and they didn't have to cover him? <laughs> <laughs> they, if they would have moved that extra man to worry about the run... That but run can, probably doesn't happen. You kind of do have to cover him because in college you can throw it backwards faster. Yeah, but in the NFL you can't. You could have played the safety over to worry about the run and just see what happens. Sure, it's just a lot of bad defenses all around. So. But the Braves uh, are back. You know that's hey, you know maybe Atlanta's just reverting back to its natural state, which is as a baseball. Team. You know, maybe this is for the best, and you're just you're just becoming you know you're just getting back in touch with nature. Whew. But uh, I think that's it for me. Very right. tired. Yeah. <laughs> very very tired. Very tired. Well, on that note, um, it's been a, it's been a good one. Huh? Thank you. Thank you to uh, to former president uh, Jimmy Carter and uh, and absolutely no one else. Thank you and uh, play the music, Jason.